Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back to discuss the third episode in the series, The Changeling. Asterisk, written by Kelly Marcel, directed once again by Jonathan Van Tulliken. This episode was all about the aftermath. I'm so glad that they didn't make us watch any type of scene that would have traumatized me for the next year. I just knew she was going to kill that baby. I just could feel it in my soul when she walked into the room last episode she okay i mean she had the chains her sister saying please don't murder your child and she's kind of like i think i have it in my dna now and it's confirmed and it feels as if that's exactly what has happened and emma has apprehended after the actions that she's done and now we follow Apollo, who has to define what his life is going to be going forward. And he is struggling with that. I gave this episode a 9.6 out of 10. I thought it was very artfully done. The flashbacks weren't too confusing. They layered a lot of things that they didn't come out and say, but there's strong indications of some things in Apollo's past that his mother may still be lying about. And we get a little bit of our first hint that things may be more in the supernatural realm than in the psyche, psychological, mental breakdown, postpartum type of scientific explanation we can go with on the the actions that emma took before we jump into the recap where we listen to this podcast podbean stitcher apple podcast spotify go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review my social media will be there as well like share subscribe if you want to send feedback on changeling or any other show that i'm doing blackercouch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below apollo wakes to a very saw like situation interesting choice of the shackle that was used because that felt very reminiscent of a slave collar that many of the colonials and other slave trading communities and continents would use to transport africans from the coast to the slave ships and they would often as well on uh, journeys across different areas in the middle east he pleads for the life of brian calling him my son as if her womb was just an incubator for his dna i think that the continued rejection of her part in his son's life is something he needs to examine because my son pretty much eliminates her ownership or her investment in brian and considering what has happened maybe that's just how he's always felt because she never seemed to bond with him in the same manner but we saw that she tried and she did then something changed versus it never happened so going back to my first point emma she is looking too far gone with her movements i couldn't help but laugh for a moment because i was reminded of the the haunted house or 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 a haunted house is by the wayans brothers and don't she look just like his wife tasha or something when she got possessed (laughs) when she had her hair all fucked up but she goes to pick up a boiling kettle of water with her hands oh no i know he didn't even flinch at that he just tried to remind her that he is the god apollo and he commands her to stop so she knocks him unconscious with a hammer almost taking out his eye three months later he gets out of jail 
And I was like, I know he didn't go down for this incident. Nope, it's for another incident involving a shotgun. Before he goes to his apartment, can't go in and decides to go back to the park where he used to take Brian with his dad's. But the dad friends are like, bruh, we empathize with you, but you gotta go. He's found sleeping in the basement of the apartment by Fabian. Fabian is the one that found the crime scene following an odor complaint. I like that they bring in the sensory elements of the crime. And while he doesn't go into so much detail of what he saw when he found Brian, he does say, I said a prayer for him right then and there. And I do every day since as well as one for you, because that's rough discovering something like that but knowing it happened to someone you knew and finding them in an equally terrifying situation like I thought you were dead and this is after he said a good mother is a gift but I think that a good mother that gift can be hmm What's the word I'm looking for? Underappreciated. Underappreciated. <laughs> Unacknowledged. Flashback to mom Lillian catching eyes from the boss that she still can call favors on because he served three months in jail due to his mother knowing a lawyer who knew the judge. And what's the no lawyer we all know who ain't even chill about why he stopped by? Like the fuck me, suck me, suck me, fuck me. I'm the ice cream man, she chunky monkey. Did you hear that bitch say he's persistent? That means, no, she said he's relentless. She said that means persistent. Shut up, bitch. Oh my God. I can understand if she had a look of, I don't know what that means. And you was trying to be a friend, but a friend wouldn't have, A, announced it like that to everybody like oh she don't know what that means and two said it in that manner i don't like her is he apollo's daddy that's my theory he's apollo's daddy or just want to be his stepdaddy she went from unhirable at this firm where everyone would be trying to get a job and he's been persistently trying to chase after her for a while so it's possible plus let's be real i don't want to throw colorism out there because i do think it doesn't matter your kid can come out any type of shade but it would make more sense consistently if brian was not in fact the real baby daddy later she receives tickets on her desk and goes to return them thanking him for all he's done this is also another another mark in my he may be the baby daddy theory because the way he said how's the boy not my boy ownership but the boy like it's yours and i think there's something to that and then it's the way in which he reacted to her not being interested in those tickets but telling her to keep them because you can either hawk them or you can go with your son. But I'm going to punish you by making you work mandatory Saturdays despite it taking time away from said son. Because if I can't have your attention, then he won't either. Ass bitch. Yep, men are trash sometimes. Some men are trash. They really are. And this is very believable. This is exactly how they act when you reject them and they really into you Ooh, they could be vicious especially in a position of power i think that even goes a step further and she even says to him on the phone later on i'm gonna guess that's who she was talking to and then why would your boss have your personal number and he's like you always play the victim so he feels some kind of way about her this seems to be after brian has gone missing or left or whatever the story is she's telling. She is coerced into half a day and must leave Apollo alone because her babysitter, Gloria, has to see her mother on Saturdays. 
And I felt her anxiety at the thought. He's so very little and anything can happen. But she said at four years old. Oh, that's that's uh, that's that's tiny. We were left at home a lot, though. It happens. As part of Apollo's parole, he has to attend a survivor's group meeting after another black dude. What was his name? Julian shares his lost girlfriend Due to an auto accident, Apollo wonders aloud if or why he still has his wedding ring on. I like that the dude Julian was like, okay, so I'm a black man. You're a black man. I already know what this attitude is that you put out here and you falling asleep to Victoria's story. I like that. All right. Let me tell you something. Okay. Shit happens. Everyone's going through some shit. Cause he's like, well, everybody know. Yeah, I knew. Why didn't you say anything? Because I, I happen to be going through my own shit. Like, don't come up in here thinking you're the only one that's grieving. I kind of like that. I also like that we didn't see him say the words, but they were heard by the rest of the room. There was some very small, noticeable, stylistic choices that were really well done. I got to see what else Jonathan has directed. I feel like I know him from some other projects. Many asked why Emma did what she did everyone hearing about the atrocious event but then shift to why he did what he did to which he replies i don't know i just lost my fucking mind which understandable emma went missing after her crime her final words to apollo being it's not a baby it's not a fucking baby apollo took a shotgun not very well concealed either into a library searching for Emma, terrifying her former co-workers. They all testified in court later on because they realized he had just simply broke, had shot out a window. And the one girl, when she said, I'm scared, I just want to go home to my mommy, is when he realized that, oh shit, I'm scaring you. That was not my intention, but because I'm not seeing things through the correct lens, I, uh... I committed this horrible crime. I would have killed them and myself and anyone else who got in my way is the response he gives if they happen to know where Emma was. And I was like, hold up. Why is he going back to the same apartment? Ain't no way in hell am I going back to the crime scene. Especially if my baby died there. I would have chosen the streets. After wondering what now he hears banging on the door seeing his father brian once again in that blue mask blowing that blue smoke catching that blue high apollo goes to have dinner with patrice and his wife who isn't allowing him to curtail about contacting his mother lillian was like i can't believe you went to see them and not me first Apollo gifts them with the To Kill a Mockingbird book that's supposed to have been his retirement plan for his wife and his son. And his wife takes it in lieu of Patrice, who sees through his friend's actions for what they are. So later on, while having a smoke, he tells him they're friends because the first time he met him, it was clear he didn't give a shit about him being a vet, how many people he killed. None of that digging into my deep past shit, which meant I could be real with you. So let me, let me be as real as you're ever going to catch me. If you kill yourself tonight, I'm going to toss that book down the toilet and piss on it. This was actually my favorite scene of the whole episode because it's not very often that you see, see two men, but particularly two black men, breaking down their barriers and talking to each other and even using a little bit of humor, but showing true concern by also knowing you better or knowing which buttons to push to get you to listen to them. So I'm going to put it online tonight. And if you commit suicide, you won't know what it auction off for is something that does get the desired response. Man, fuck you, motherfucker. He did try to play it off at first, but he says, no, I know the look. I know. Okay. We don't talk about that shit, but I know what it's like to be in the dark place that you're at right now. 
And I need you to know there's something worth staying alive tonight for. Flashback once again shows Lillian leaving her son alone. Everything's working out fine. I'm sure she felt guilty about that and still does to this day. Even though she tries to justify, not even justify, but understands the very real situation that was happening for her. Which goes well um, until she comes home from lunch and there's smoke or steam coming from beneath the door. Currently, Lillian startles her son when he gets home. I would be like, mom, you can't have tea ever again. Matter of fact, kettles are banned. Realistically, that should have triggered some PTSD attack. His mom is trying to comfort him with singing a story, but he rejects the old tale of what happened to his uncle Arthur and how escaping the regime to America was tragic, but hopeful, blah, blah, blah. So she leaves upset saying, I was going to tell you another story and why you got to be like this. She's trying to be here for him, reach out to him, but he can't help but feel this is not the time to coddle me because I don't know what to do and you can't fix it. He wonders who he is now because he's not a a husband. He's not a father. So he breaks the seal to the nursery to see the crime scene for himself, even though it's been cleaned up by his mom. He does thank her earlier for everything that she's done. But going back to that good mothers are a gift and how sometimes sons can shit all over the gift in which they are presented with. You know, she wasn't his first stop. She she wasn't someone he saw first. He avoided her and she had to come to him uh, to offer the arms of support versus him knowing that she's there. He remembers the moment his son was born. This is another thing Apollo does often, which is his mom is uh, in the nursery with him because she, she says she wakes up because I had this very awful feeling that you had disappeared he completely rejects her own feelings and emotions in that moment granted i get it the loss of a son that's very fresh versus a nightmare of a mother but still it's just a trend i've noticed he remembers the moment his son was born his mother says it's like the slowing of time between reality and eternity before she goes and get a necessary fly swatter. Apollo picks up the book he wanted to read to Brian every night saying he was too busy. To the Waters and the Wild, the same book from his dad's Improbabilia box. Lillian is startled to hear him say, you're coming with me, which were the last words that Apollo said to Brian, his son, Brian. This shakes Lillian and she admits she has to tell him something. So she decides that cleaning this room at night with um, a mop. (laughs) That is such an old school way, though. I swear to God, that's that that made me feel like black people are involved in this show, because that's exactly how you would fucking how you got all of your mop water. When you was you get the bucket, you put the bucket in the tub and you fill it up. Nope, not the sink, because it couldn't even fit up in the sink. Or you would just, you know, put the thing in the sink and then you just make your own because you ain't got a bucket. But over this, uh, this task, this, um, what do you want to call it? Domestic duty. She tells him that his father used to see him on cartoon day, which caused him nightmares as he didn't know why his dad wouldn't take him with him. She admits that he didn't abandon him as she had led him to believe, but that she had filed for divorce because he wasn't a reliable partner. He wasn't dependent. She had to leave him at age four. Never mind, put him in daycare at age two months to go back and find work with strangers. It's a painful decision, but someone had to sustain both of them. So she had to make a sacrifice that wasn't easy. And that, of course, is thrown in her face 
the minute that the child finds out about it because then all of my problems become your fault he does have daddy issues though his genuine father i don't know if that's genetically but it seemed as if that was the goal he found the person he wanted to have the child with he wanted to be the best father and the minute he became a father it became all about him being that uh and more so than being a husband he then blames her for her decisions that affected his own and he says that you know i was fucking up i didn't know what to do i wanted to have the same type of relationship other kids had with their fathers at least they were involved they were allowed to come around with whatever arrangement you didn't even have to see him why were you being selfish why didn't you allow for me to have a relationship with my father and i think that she is guilty of that i think we're just talking about two different daddies um i think that whatever happened it feels like brian did something though right because in the first episode we saw that that shadowy figure was drowning him in what looked like the bathtub so is that what she walked into and that would be more plausible of why he had to be forced to stay away and why she couldn't have him a part of her child's life but she doesn't want to ruin his idolization of his father by pointing out that he tried to harm you and that your real daddy was not someone i wanted to be with or she just maybe because of that she just didn't want to be with the other guy i don't know maybe he was married oh he could have been married that sounds like a more of a situation (laughs) but yeah um she takes it pretty hard when he admits he felt like a monster and a disappointment and a pariah due to the stigma of not having a man in his life she gives him the address of where brian is buried telling him to visit his son's grave before she leaves it very very strained between them part of me feels like the purpose of this was for him to redirect his anger inward and put it on her because he was talking about how he when he was in that room let things fall apart like how did i lose her and that's when she felt compelled to 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 let out these truth bombs and it did seem to get him out of whatever mode he was that night at the next survivors meeting the father that is in charge of this whole entire group or the church where this group is held admits he's the one that emma came to to initiate the baptism but he had no idea that she needed that kind of help paulo tells him it wasn't his fault before joining the meeting he really be wanting people to sign that slip so he can dip out and they're like yeah we've uh we've been through this many times you get signed afterwards deciding he will speak when he wants to speak and not wishing to indulge in elementary introducing each other across the room (laughs) which gotta admit fair this is not a fan club he talks about how his father used to read him a story about essentially how delicious the souls of children are to fairies interesting i was with the lead there why would your daddy read you this i'm still not confirmed on what side of the family especially if if my suspicion or theory is true that he's not even the son of one brian caucasian west then is it the norwegian family on her mother's side i don't know this is interesting another woman begins to tell a similar story to what happened to emma showing them a photo of someone taking a photo of her child monique she says that's not my baby my husband didn't listen to me he said i should get on medication this is all too triggering so apollo yells out that she's gonna kill her baby 
to which he yells it's not my baby then he runs out i had several questions who's cow the wise ones and the mothers and what is cow telling her to do to get their babies back can you get your babies back a man named william wheeler who we met in the meeting and can i just say i got my eyes on you first and foremost i don't care how much you want a book you are not chasing a man who's having a mental breakdown secondly why the hell would you meet someone at a meeting called the survivors group talking about i want to buy a book maybe this is not the right time why would his friend patrice send him a buyer to his group because he saw the message of i found a buyer for the book but that was afterwards this dude was already in the meeting he seems to have information on patrice in the guise of oh i said that or i thank them for his service something that we know that patrice hates and that he was in iraq but they're very basic things to try to validate that patrice sent him secondly he's ignoring all of the creep factors about this guy one you're in the survivors group meeting trying to buy a book that to me is still i can't can't possibly like that is not the time that is not even the frame of reference in which those transactions should even go down especially if it's a masterpiece the way in which you know it is films private meetings as quote a habit if someone does something as a habit that means <laughs> they're violating people's privacy on purpose and then i was like oh is this the guy running around taking the photos because he said it's a habit like oh i'm used to recording people i'm used to yada 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 so then here's apollo already thinking about what he just heard here's this guy re-emphasizing and seems to be leading him down the road of who's cow what's this guy what's the wise ones let me just google it for you i'm gonna laugh about the fact that i'm gonna land on witches but hey that's where i'm going to lead you and oh now apollo thinks back to that last time before they got married and things were so great when he and his formerly murderous wife were talking about the supernatural And that is where we end the episode. He's finally starting to wonder if other things, other forces are at play. And maybe, just maybe, his wife wasn't crazy after all, despite what she has done. Who do you think Michael Wheeler is? Where has Emma gone? And how long is it going to take? apollo to check out where his son is buried you would think if it's a changeling something would give that away in the aftermath of it supposedly being deceased where's also her sister kim i wonder if she is helping her sister at this point knowing her sister's past or the trauma of their childhood all great questions blackercouch at gmail.com if you want to send your opinions in audio or written format we do have mail in our mail bag so let's hop into the feedback what up cena it's mimi this is my feedback for the changeling it's really a one two three recap just because i binge watched the first three episodes um i watched them with darren so um i might throw in some of the stuff he said if i can remember while i'm recording 
but I thought you were farther ahead than you were. I thought you were on episode three when I watched all the way up to three. So in my defense, I don't want you to think that I was trying to binge stuff because I, I can't do that anymore. We talked about that. Um, but I did listen to both of your one and two podcasts. Um, I should have recorded this yesterday. I just, my mind was trying to do too many things at once. I told you I'm failing at this adulting life. I'm failing miserably, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. So, um, I want to talk about the postpartum. Um, I, I guess I do know what it looks like because as in the, as I got older and I started going through classes, I realized my mom had postpartum after my little brother, which is why, um, basically he was like our child me and my other sister because uh, my mom just acted like he didn't even exist um and i think it's a lot to be said about just mental health just in general in the black community but i also feel like i don't want to say it's only black men but i think a lot of the issue is having a partner that either doesn't know you well enough to see that there's something wrong or doesn't understand or even want to understand enough to help you. Um, one of the things that I remember the most about your podcast or episode two was how everybody could see that she was losing her shit and nobody did anything about it. Her her sister was the surprise to me because she was a doula and that they they specialize in childbirth, so they know about postpartum depression. So the fact that her sister didn't do an intervention didn't get the doctor involved like there was a lot of options that the, her sister could have done if even if she didn't think that you know her um sister's husband would i think her name is emma um if, if she didn't think emma would um be responsive to or her husband wouldn't be responsive to it like apollo um but i do think that I think, okay, this is just a theory of mine, okay, I feel like maybe Apollo didn't want to necessarily say that she was going through postpartum or that, you know, something like that, because one of her um, wishes was a healthy baby, but she didn't say anything about her own self. Well, I guess we don't really know what her third wish was, but most people always talk about, you know, I just want a healthy baby especially for black women, we die way more than anybody else. So to me, if I'm wishing, I'm wishing that me and my baby get through this birth still being healthy and happy. Like that's always the wish I do because some people are only concerned about the baby. But if, if you if you carrying the child, if you're not healthy, the baby's not going to be healthy. If you're struggling, then you will inevitably make it harder on the baby um i was fortunate enough to not be um to not have any postpartum issues or sadness i i think i was more uh like i had to have a c-section so you know dealing with that and like body issues my entire life i think that was more of a thing concern for me but having a child there you know that needs you all the time it, it's kind of hard to dwell on things like that and I and I did have luck breastfeeding Derek um, and I gotta say one thing that really pisses me off is when I hear women say oh you should breastfeed it's more healthy breastfeeding is fucking hard it's like a job in itself and if you worked after your child like I did I wasn't a stay-at-home mom and I was actually happy to go back to work after I think I took nine weeks I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here, staring at all these four walls, and it's just diaper changes, feedings, not sleeping, like, it, it's a lot, so breastfeeding is a job in itself, so, you know, we have formula in this year of the Lord, so, you know, utilize it, you know, back in the day, they didn't have a choice, you either breastfed your baby, found someone that could breast, breastfeed your baby, or your baby died, like, that was the only option, so, Breastfeeding is not easy, but I, I I contributed to the hospital, and I had, and even though she was a white lady, I had a very good, they had um, 
breastfeeding um, professionals. I don't know. She had like a, she was a nurse and she had some type of certification, but I don't know. Um, she was like a breastfeeder educator and she, she was determined to help us um, breastfeed Derek. And Derek even started losing a little weight in the hospital because um, I just wasn't producing enough at the moment for his needs or something like that. I don't remember the exact thing or he wasn't eating enough. It, it wasn't, I think it might have been both, you know, he wasn't eating enough, which wasn't, was making me not produce enough, so he was losing a little weight, so we had to supplement with, with uh, formula, but that, I mean, that could have been, that was frustrating, um, trying to figure it out, but, you know, Derek and I figured it out, and I was able to breastfeed him for like 18 months. I pumped, and he had breast milk for probably close to two years, but, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, but my child got to the point where he was pull my my shirt down in the middle of a grocery store because he wanted something to drink, and I was like, he's like, and he could talk then, so it's like whole ass sentences. So to me, when you can do all that, motherfucker, you can drink out this goddamn bottle. Actually, he was drinking out of a sippy cup. It was milk, but you ain't. We're we're not we're not doing this anymore. So like I said, I was fortunate. I think just the way things played out. I could have easily had postpartum depression because not being able to have a natural birth, which is something that I've always wanted, that was really hard on me, um, really devastating. And like I, I feel like you know, had I had a different partner, um, and it wasn't Darren, then who knows what would have happened? And I think it, it all, it all depends on your surroundings. It all, it also depends on you. What's going on with you at the time? And we don't know right now if um, Emma's sleep deprivation is what caused her hallucinations or if, you know, whatever supernatural shit's going on is what's causing her sleep deprivation. We know something's happening. So her um, struggles are fucking real. Like, <laughs> it's hard out here. <laughs> and um, she just, I mean, as much as Apollo wants to be... Um, helpful to her he has clearly chosen the baby over her and it's sad but it's one of those choices that you hope you know your significant other makes if it came down to it if you feel like you got to protect the child against me please do it um but this shit went left and we don't really know everything that happened and it's so crazy because when she got those chains I assume she got them because she was trying to end her own life. Like, she was sick of being here. She was going to tie herself, tie those chains around her and jump into that lake that they keep showing us. Um, but she actually bought the chains to tie up Apollo. That shit was fucking crazy. And the whole scene, I don't know. I, I've read, like, stories that had, like, little tidbits of information about changelings. Like, fairies that, you know steal babies and swap them out and stuff like that um i've seen I've, I've read some stories like that but i don't know the lore about like what you have to do to get rid of it um but i i heard you say that it's torture that's pretty brutal and um i'm glad they didn't show it but i was talking to darren and i'm like they didn't show us what happened and i was like i'm not advocating for you know baby gore i don't want to see a baby especially that cute little brian you know hurt at all but we didn't even get like a like a blood murder scene or anything like that so it's like are we supposed to know that that brian's dead or making assumptions like i hate doing this but it's like when i don't see a body on television or in a book my assumption is the person's not dead especially when it's supernatural but i was thinking this is my theory on the whole thing because i feel like they want us to think that the changeling is actually um, Emma, but I think the changeling is, is Apollo. Um, I think that when she went to Brazil, that crazy old lady gave her that bracelet to protect. She was like, you got some bad juju following you, girl. You're going to go back to America and it's going to be there. Put this, I'm going to give you three wishes and this is going to protect you from that evil. And Apollo being the evil maybe unknowingly to him he cut it and now she was left unprotected and whatever shit was inside of her from apollo to begin with is now 
manifesting. And then when they had the baby, the baby probably had something in it too. Who knows? I don't think the changeling is the baby. I don't think the changeling is necessarily Emma. I think it started as Apollo, but that's just my theory. Um, the other thing was, <laughs> this is the thing me and Darren were, were talking about. Like We had to pause it because we were like trying to wrap our head around it was, I, I can't remember Brian's, um, Lucille, Lucy, Lily, Apollo's mama, why did she feel the need to tell him about his daddy in that particular moment, that was Darren's question, like, like, read the room, like, why is this necessary right now, like, at this exact moment, when he's having a mental breakdown, because his baby's dead, um, yeah, that I was like, that's a very valid point. My question was, so the man that you that followed you around for however many years it was, and you finally said yes, he was a dreamer, a fun dad. So you left him. So how I just to me, we know he had a job. He was a police, he was a detective. So to you, a dreamer with a job is 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 worse than us being a single mom. I'm confused. I really can't comprehend what she was thinking. Her reasoning for leaving him doesn't make sense, so I'm hoping that there's more and they're just not telling us on purpose, because this can't be it, because that's fucking stupid. Um, I think that's all I have. I am looking forward to jumping into episode four, um, but I had so much shit going on. I had to get a new, I got a new job, but I, I should say a new contract, and I had to do all this shit for it, and I don't know what it is lately, probably because they don't got that COVID money anymore. Contracts that are that pay well are very competitive, and they want people to start as soon as possible. So my start date wasn't until the middle of October. So now, like, I'm, I was being bombarded. Like, I went from nobody wanting to interview me to everybody wanting to interview me. I'm still getting interview calls now, and it's like I already took the job. Sorry. I was good enough then. I should have been good enough. I'm good enough now, should have been good enough then, like, you motherfuckers, like, I've been a nurse for nearly seven years, if you <laughs> saw the amount of baby nurses that I, that I have to help all the time, and correct, or fix their fuck-ups, you, you would understand that there's no reason for y'all to have waited so long, so anyway, I am hoping to get my adult life together at some point, because I need to start p assembling pieces of my life back together because it's starting to be like the shambles are starting to get on my nerve. So um, I want to end it here. Until next time, love, peace, hair, grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, meet me out. That was Queen Mimi with her thoughts on the episode as well as Derek's. So... One of your questions I answered in the episode, at least my interpretation of why she told Apollo about what quote unquote really happened with his father. I agree. I think there are certain aspects missing and the timing of such a confession definitely indicates as much as well. Um, As far as whether or not it is Emma or Apollo who's the changeling I am still up in the air too even though I'm starting to lean more into the Emma side because we got witches up in this bitch and I don't think that Apollo's parentage lines up if Brian Caucasian isn't really the dad but it's this fascination with fatherhood and the idea of missing a fatherhood that has left the mark on Apollo more so at least that's my indication right now but hey I don't know anything about this book and things could change very much later and there could be more than one changeling because we heard the story from Victoria it feels as if this is it's just not a singled out event. It's happening to other women as well. And it, that, that they was Caucasian. So I, I, I'm just throwing Norway out there. There's something connecting to that voyage connected 
to what's happening currently. As far as reading tales about how you retrieve your baby as a changeling, I actually have not. You probably know more about this than I have. Other than the real life story I was telling you about, I don't know how you cure it. I thought that they're taken when they're born by the devil and swapped out and that was just all there was to it. You wasn't getting no baby back. So <laughs> maybe there's more to the mythos than I am aware of. If you know anything about that out there in the universe, definitely let me know because I'm probably not going to Google it. I have enough things like you Mimi on my plate and while you know I do feel I'm doing a lot better in the adulting world just just a bit just a bit um I also work from home so that that's a a blessing that can never ever under (laughs) be under uh appreciated um I was happy to go back to work too I was very happy to go back to work and as much as I loved my daughter there is a necessary you know they love putting out like your life is supposed to be for your child yeah but you are supposed to have your life because they're going to have a life too without you so if you make your life all about your child well then when they start to have that other life without you and are having that other life without you, you are neglecting yourself. And then at some point you're going to realize that. Uh, But where was I going with that? (laughs) Something about working from home. I will say, I think I hear what you're saying. The old TV adage, if you didn't show the death, that could mean they didn't die but on some occasions I'm going to say artistic liberty there's several indications even though we don't have all of the gory details and yes we didn't see the murder nobody wants to see that shit and no one needs to see that just to confirm something that everyone else in the show confirms right you have Fabian who comes in there and says yeah, I found the bo- the body. So clearly something was there to be seen. They had a funeral. So something was put there to be buried. Uh, the crime is, is so notorious. It's everywhere in the world. So there's more evidence to support that she killed her child by putting hot water over them. And maybe that's a specific thing Cal told her to do. Because they said you have to do something in order to get your baby back. And that means killing. Like that's an unusual way to think to kill your child, right? You would think as a mother, especially a woman, we don't tend to pick the most vicious methods of killing unless it's out of rage or, you know, that would have to fit with the emotions of the scene or a hatred. That's when you see a woman really use um, more physical, visceral violence. But more often than not uh, women have a tendency to choose murder options that are less about strength and physical and more like putting an overdose of oxycodone in your baby's milk and then having them go to sleep would be a far more reactionary type of thing unless you were absolutely like I went to the stove I picked up a hot boiling thing and I just poured it on my child that's like PTSD you don't even fucking know what you're doing it felt as if even though she looked crazy she knew what she was doing and then to not only be able to pour out the boiling hot water to hear the child as it happening to smell the flesh like there's a lot that they were putting out there that I certainly didn't need them to. <laughs> and I know you didn't want to either. But I get to your point of. I think because of all of those things. They're like yeah no. We're going to just get to the aftermath. And let that be all you need. Like everything the little things you need to know. Is what you need to know. Like he almost lost his eye. Even though clearly he's got that scar on his face. Uh, when he was physically found it was clearly you know much worse than what we saw of it 
and and my imagination with true crime could definitely fill in way too many more details than I want to. So I was I was totally fine with not needing to implicitly imply that that child is dead and she killed it him. Uh, now, as far as what all this meat, I have no idea. I have no idea either. Um, and then back to your last question of could Lily and the mother be hiding more things? I think it's possible, but I think, well, actually, I don't know because there could be a lot more shit because she is all up into the Jesus stuff. And she was down for the baptism. And maybe she felt there was something she knows in the past, even more so, that influenced what was happening with the dad or what happened to Brian. So, yeah, I mean, hey, it's all up in the air. We got five episodes to go. I do like the tone of the show. I like the way it's directed a lot. I like the stylistic choices that they do. So that keeps me compelled as well as the fact that I am following um, not the most empathetic. Like, I don't feel the most empathy for Apollo, but I do feel as if he's someone that was born into a world where things are not quite as he believes them to be. And it has shaped who he has become. And the intertwining with the past and the way they transition through that I think is really well written thus far and really, really well um, put together. If you want to send feedback, once again, blockercouch at gmail.com. You can leave a comment below. My social media will be there as well. Like, share, subscribe. Until the next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic.